And hello, hello. Welcome back to the Gay Racing Podcast. I'm Alex at New Gaiden on Twitter. Uh, Zach is not here this week. He has what we think is the flu. So he's just going to rest up and everything. But joining me this week as a little fill-in is Brooke Curran. Hello, Brooke. Hello, everyone. Glad to be back. Yeah, this is your third appearance, I believe, on the podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... For those who don't know you, just like give yourself a little introduction if you'd like. Yeah, so I've been watching, well, I started watching NASCAR in 2013. So started watching NASCAR in 2013 and then um, started to expand my horizons a little bit as I got older with IndyCar, F1. Um, but I would say probably the main thing I follow, main thing I keep up with would be NASCAR. Um I've always liked Ryan Blaney um, ever since he's driven for Brad in trucks and kind of just like followed his career all the way up. So he's kind of like my main driver right now, the main guy I support. Um, I don't really follow IndyCar super closely anymore. The main reason I started watching it was because when I first got into NASCAR, I really liked Juan Pablo Montoya. So naturally right. I followed him over to IndyCar. Um, so then after he left IndyCar, I kind of fell out a little bit but then I decided to start start supporting Simon Pagano and unfortunately he's fallen off a little bit and so has my interest in IndyCar but I do still try to keep up with what's going on um right in F1 my favorite is Valtteri Botas and period he and Ryan are like pretty close as far as it goes for um, my favorite drivers overall but yeah that's a super basic background about me and my racing interests right well, thank you for joining us. Um, mm-hmm. If you're listening right now, go tweet Zach on Twitter at DreamyZachGP. Like, send him a good well message. He's doing, he said this is like the worst sick he's ever felt in his life. So uh, send him good wishes over there or make fun of him, whatever you want. Like, I don't mind. Just just, just go tweet at Zach. <laughs> so let's talk about Las Vegas. In my opinion, this was a really good race. Probably one of the best of the year. Uh, did you, did you like the race? um i thought yeah i thought overall it was a pretty interesting race i do usually tend to like the races that vegas produces Mm -hmm. um it's usually a more interesting track and um it kind of really is that time of year when the drivers are really starting to like get anxious about you know the next couple weeks and stuff like that so i think that definitely contributed to the um for sure for sure like with this car, especially, like I feel like Vegas specifically and can't Vegas and Kansas are really the two mile and a half that have really excelled with the current car because we actually had passing, they were side by side a lot. We had fuel strategy, which was really not something we get anymore in NASCAR. And the first stage was like entirely green, if I remember right, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, this race is really good. I don't want to have what the Bubba Wallace stuff overshadow this race. Because honestly, this was one of the, my favorite races of the year. I think Kansas won. I was at that race. I'm a little biased toward it, maybe. It was probably the best race of the year. But yeah, great race at Vegas. Um, Let's talk about Ryan Blaney. You and I are very sad because we are Ryan Blaney fans. He had a tire go flat after being top five pretty much all day. Finished 28th. What do we think about that with Ryan Blaney? I would say the overall theme of the year is frustrating. Um, And you could say, you could probably say that over the past couple years of his career, but this year, especially because we are not close 
closing anything out. Like yeah. last year was definitely a career year for him with three wins and doing as well as he did, keeping up that consistency throughout the year, which he struggled with in 2020. He kind of really fell off once the playoffs started in 2020. But yeah. last year he really carried that all throughout the year. Um, but there will, even though he did win three races, there were probably at least three or four more that he could have won. Um, but this year is kind of a different level of disappointment. Um, Talladega was absolutely heartbreaking. Um, oh man, I know. And so I wouldn't say this race was heartbreaking, but it was definitely very disappointing because he was very dominant. He had a very good car. And even if he wouldn't have won, you know, a top five would have been great for us. You know, we would have been in a great position heading into next week. Yeah. Um, but being 11 down, trying not to think of it super negatively, like this is the end all be all, but um, he's definitely on the wrong side of things. But I, I do still believe in him. I think he has a chance to pull it out next week. Not necessarily a win, but maybe a decent finish. We're going to have to hope some other people do bad for sure. But um, right. Homestead is definitely not the worst track in the world for him. So we'll see. For sure. And Blaney was, I believe, like plus 15 before this right. happened. But thankfully, right. he got 16, I believe, playoff points or just stage points, which that helps a lot. Like he could make it in by just that much because of those stage points from this race. Um, another thing I'm going to talk about is the finish of this race. Uh, Ross Chastain was out front on older tires and Joy Logano was coming on the newer tires. I thought for sure they were going to wreck and we were going to have Kyle Busch steal another win, which would have been hilarious after he lost yeah. a wheel. <laughs> but they managed to not wreck each other, which I think that one, it shows growth from Joey Logano because 2015, I think he would have wrecked him because mm -hmm. he did same situation at Kansas 2015. He dumped Matt Kenseth out of the way, basically. This time he took his time and just got right around him. And Ross Chastain didn't cause a wreck, which also surprised me. So I was yeah. surprised in many facets in this finish. Yeah, I mean, I think we're we were all waiting on that like maturity from Ross Chastain, kind of where he just like snaps out of the, you know, let's be aggressive as I can and run over everybody phase. Um, right. I for one don't find that appealing in drivers. Maybe it's because of like I've I've been so interested in open wheel and that's kind of frowned upon an open wheel. Right. But um. I, I don't think like a super aggressive mentality all the time is something I really like in a driver. Um, but I think Joey Logano's definitely matured a lot. I think anybody that's followed his career, especially how you mentioned 2015, I was watching during that. That was a huge scandal, a huge storyline. It was. That. It was. Was it the chase still back then? Yeah, I think I think, I think it was still yeah, the chase. Yeah. Throughout that quote unquote chase, that was the big storyline, that feud. Um but yeah, he's definitely matured a lot as a driver. Um, so I think that I think that that was respectable of him to actually, you know, race him. And, you know, good on Chastain for actually <laughs> sucking it up a little bit and deciding to take the high ground and not putting him in the fence. Because Chastain totally could have done that. This is for the championship yeah. four. And, you know, Chastain with his reputation, you would think he would do that. And he didn't. And I really appreciated that. Uh, and also, Joey Logano, this is his 30th career win. I didn't realize he had that many wins. No. <laughs> and no. I, how, how old is he? Like early ooh, 30s? I think, maybe, I think yeah. we think he's I think we think he's older than he actually is because 
He's been around maybe, forever. Maybe, new, maybe newer fans don't know or longer fans probably tend to forget that he started in the Cup Series when he was like 18 or 19. Yeah. So he has been racing for that long. Um, and he is and he's, a, been, he's 32 years old. Okay, yeah. And he's been racing for that long and he's been pretty good for that, that long as well. I wouldn't say he's really fallen off. Um, there's been definitely like points in a season or maybe even like a season especially where he wasn't so good, but like there has been no rapid career decline or anything like that no. where we can say Joey Logano's washed up, he's done. Um I would say he's been pretty good the majority of his career. He's I probably underrated as a driver, if anything. He's not really somebody people sing a lot of praises for because people weirdly have like a vendetta against him, which I don't yeah. really understand anymore because he's not you know, he's not who he was in 2015 and even not at all. those prior years when he was super aggressive. But yeah, I mean, I, I respect him. I definitely respect him as a person. Um, he kind of annoys me sometimes as a driver, especially as a teammate. Yep. But <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, I do think he's a he's an underrated driver. I totally agree. I was one of those people who could not stand him in 2015 mm. or Brad. I didn't like Team oh, Penske yeah. in 2015, <laughs> which is crazy considering what I like now. But yeah, he's totally matured. I think he, I agree. That's a great point. He's so underrated. And I made a point last night on Twitter that I was like, I, he's basically Ryan Newman, who Ryan Newman will just block you. You will not get by him, but he mm. runs up front. Like right. Ryan Newman had that one good year, I think 2002, 2003. Other than that, just kind of fell off, ran mid-pack mostly. Yeah. Logano is the what Team Penske thought Ryan Newman was going to be. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the playoffs now, and then we'll get into the big story. Uh, Chastain is plus 18. Chase Elliott was finished 21st yesterday. He was just taking a day off, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he finished, he's plus 17. Denny Hamlin started 30th or so, and he finished uh, fifth. Pretty impressive for him. I, I really want Hamlin to win a championship. I want him. I want Ryan to win it more. Yes. Uh, ooh, Denny Hamlin won a championship would be really cool. He's plus <laughs> six. Uh, controversially in the playoffs, William Byron uh, in a sixth. <laughs> yeah, that's a mess, isn't it? We'll, I wanna, we'll touch on that a little bit. Uh, Chase Briscoe almost won this race somehow, some way. <laughs> mm. Yeah, he, he finished fourth. Uh, he's minus nine. Uh, Blaney, we talked about, finished 28th. He's minus 11. Christopher Bell. Uh, minus 23 finished 34th was impacted by the big story mm -hmm. Bubba Wallace and Kyle Larson are racing for position in the top 10 and things just went out of control mm -hmm. uh, coming off turn four Larson to me looked like he just kind of slid up I don't know if he was tight or if he was loose or whatever just went up and Bubba was there and got pushed into the wall mm -hmm. so when I saw this I was like okay Bubba's probably going to lose a couple spots. That sucks. They'll just move on. But then Bubba just veers left and retaliates to Kyle Larson. And it is nasty. And Christopher Bell is just an innocent byproduct of this. And stops Kyle Larson from backing into the wall rear first. And as we know, this car, you can, it is dangerous right now. Rear impacts of this car. I don't, I'm very disappointed. In uh, yeah, 
I, 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 I tweeted, I said, why in the hell is Bubba acting like this? Because kind of mm-hmm. just like, and then the confrontation in the infield too. Um, and it wasn't Larson that initiated the confrontation. No, if I can remember. So that's kind of was like, like, what the hell? Like it went from bad to worse, like super quickly. Um, I think one of Bubba's problems is that when something goes a tiny bit wrong, it's the end of it just like implodes a little bit um and you can see like when people tweet about his radio communications and stuff like that you know he kind of has a habit of like losing it on his crew chief and stuff like that and i understand that you know ryan does that all the time you know he's always he's always down on himself always freaking out just yesterday ryan was saying i'm gonna wreck everyone out here you tell him that (laughs) he ain't gonna do that though yeah, yeah, exactly. But I know I, I I think a lot of people are just like baffled by it because Larson is not the type of person to outright wreck somebody just for the hell of it. No. Um no. And I don't know if they've had issues on track issues. I'm not gonna get into the obvious thing here, but if they've mm-hmm. had on track issues in the past before, I can't really remember. So it's not like there's history between them. So yeah. it's just like I said, it's like baffling. Like I don't know. Right. And when he went down and took Larson out, like he veered to the left. I mean, it was deliberate. I mean, he right. says it's not. It it clearly, very clearly yeah. was. I was like, what is he doing? I yeah. could not believe this because yeah. Bubba at most would have lost maybe five spots from this. His day would not have been over. This is the car that won at Kansas. It just yeah. won stage one. It could have totally won this race yesterday. And by the way, Larson is in the owner's playoffs still because the 12 is not in the owner's playoffs. So Bubba indirectly took out two playoff cars yesterday just for fun, I guess. Um, I was just baffled. I could not believe yeah. what I was watching. I, and I think, oh, no, sorry, ahead. not to interrupt you. Oh, go ahead. Um, I, I think Bubba might feel like he's under a lot of pressure right now with Kurt sure. being out for the rest of the season. He might feel like, you know, he's kind of like the leader of the team right now being, you know, like the only, um, what do you want to call it, full-time driver that they have right now with Kurt being gone. Um, and then with him now saying that he's stepping away entirely. Um, I think he probably feels like he's under even more pressure than usual. Um Sure. And that's kind of why maybe like when something goes wrong or when, you know, like an incident like that goes wrong, somebody raises him the wrong way or something like that. He's kind of like, you know, you're not going to do this to me. I'm going to show you how, you know, I'm going to run my race, stuff like that. Um, right. But yeah, it's definitely disappointing because I don't know. You, you just don't as, as a, as a normal, decent person and a normal, decent NASCAR fan, you don't want to see that because then it's like, you know, it's going to bring all these bad people out of the woodwork saying all these yep. bad things. And it's just like, you know, it's adding fuel to their fire and it's just yep. wrong. It's sad to see. Um, but yeah, it was definitely, it's, it's a disappointing thing. Right. And that's something I was going to touch on is we are, this was one day after Kurt Busch announced he was not going to run full time anymore. Yeah. Bubba Wallace is driving Kurt Busch's number. Right. And he goes out and does this. Just yeah. like it's just very tone deaf to me. 
Yeah. Like and all the, the discussions of safety yeah. and your teammate think, just retired because of this. I don't yeah, get it. I think that's the most frustrating part of it all for a lot of people, for, for me especially. This car is so sensitive. It's not where it needs to be in terms of safety. Um, I hope NASCAR finally realizes that, but it's very, it's, it's not the safest car in the world right now. And to be intentionally putting people into situations where they can get concussions, they can get seriously hurt. Mm-hmm. We've had Alex Bowman is out for the rest of the year. Kurt Busch is, he's stepping away because of this. You know, people that remember Dale Jr.'s um, whole situation with concussions throughout his entire career yep. due to, you know, lack of safer barriers and unsafe cars and stuff like that. Um, it, it's just disappointing for people when drivers have kind of a you know like a lack of regard for stuff like that like you know that this car is not something to be messed with yeah we can't just have a demo derby out here just because you're mad and he shouldn't do this even if this was the safest car in the world Uh, it's still dangerous they're going like 180 and i don't i'm i'm glad bell was there because he this could have injured kyle larson like yeah. it sounds dramatic, but it really could have. It could have taken Larson out for the season or worse. Right. Like y- you hate to think like that, but it really could have. And the fight part, I really don't have a problem yeah. with. But yeah. it's also like you, he he knows what it's going to cause. Like that reaction yeah. is going that's going to cause. I'm just like yeah. I, I just again I could not believe what I was watching. Yeah. Because I have defended him rightfully so many people have defended him rightfully so because like the he threw a water bottle at alex bowman that one time and people they use that all the time now they have this right and he's just adding fuel to their fire and i don't i don't get it why would he do this to himself i don't i don't know and then the interview was awful too that interview was terrible i really do think it was a heat of the moment thing where he i agree he, he, he did all of it before thinking a single thing. Um, true, and it true. was just unfortunate that the crew chief, the spotter, anybody couldn't get, get it through to him over the radio. You know, like, don't get out of the car. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, you know, like we've been saying, the whole, the whole thing is just unfortunate. Um, Very unfortunate. You know, it's, it, it's a sad thing to see. And, you know, we've seen, we've seen unfortunate, like kind of just like dumb stuff in the past. Um, I saw today on Twitter that somebody posted the whole Kansas and Logano drama yeah. from 2015 from Kansas and Martinsville. Um, this was before I was watching, but the Boyer and Gordon feud. Um, They're not comparable. Even back in the day, even back in the day with Brad and Carl Edwards, that was, you know, that was very wrong too. Yeah. Um, but the obvious point in all of this is these are all white men who have never True. faced racism, racism, they never will. They'll never face the type of criticism that Bubba has, you know? So, you know, when they do something like that, they can say, you know, love me, hate me, whatever, pull the whole Kyle Bush personality type thing. Bubba can't really afford to be like that when he these can't. people have been down his throat since day one. And it's unfortunate that that's the case, but it, it really is. And NASCAR is already in a bad PR situation. The last yes. thing they need right now is the most well-known driver to do this right like 
I don't know. I don't know if I'm wording that right, but I'm also not a fan of this like white savior thing that's been going on on Twitter right now with yeah. this with Bubba just saying like he can do no wrong and it's just like right. no you you need to hold even Bubba Wallace accountable. Right. And I, I think people, I think it's important for people to recognize that. And I try to walk a very fine line as a white person, as a white woman, when Same. I say stuff like that. Um, it's very hard sometimes because, of course, you don't want to say the wrong thing. But for at the sure. same time, you want to you want to be, uh, what's the word? You want to be fair to the situation and you don't want to do what you just said. Um, and people kind of tend to do the same stuff with Lewis Hamilton in F1. Of for course, sure. he has his... Of course, he has his fair share of critics for how he dresses, how he acts, how he doesn't fit the norm of a quote unquote typical F1 driver. Um, but it, at the end of the day, unfortunately, a lot of it does boil down to the fact that he's black. Yeah. Um, but in the same token, when he does act out, when he does do things that he probably shouldn't, I'm talking about on track, he really hasn't had any off track um, incidents that I can think of right now. But, mm -hmm. you know, people tend to always say, oh, you know, he's, he's, he's Lewis. He has all these championships, all these wins. He, he can't do anything wrong. Yes, he can. Yep. He makes mistakes. He fucks up just like all of them fuck up. Um, right. And just because he is, you know, arguably not going to start this debate. One of the greatest drivers of all time, you know, that doesn't mean he's perfect. For sure. For sure. I don't know. Um, I personally think, that NASCAR should suspend Bubba for a race. I don't know if they will because they didn't suspend Noah Gregson oh. and they oh. didn't do before that road America situation. They didn't do anything about Carson Hosevar. Mm. As far as I don't watch trucks as often as other yeah, people, no. but I've heard that he apparently made a lot of aggressive moves throughout the season, uh, mm -hmm. most notably at IRP. Um, I don't know. But then it's also NASCAR walks a thin line here. If they penalize him, that's national news. Yep. Yep. And but then if they don't do anything, all the drivers in the field know that they can just right hook someone on the front stretch. Right. And NASCAR, NASCAR, like you said, they're in a bad PR spot right now because they're because they're under a lot of hot water between both everything that's been going on with the car. And their penalties the past couple of weeks. Oh my gosh. They yep. they they don't know. Like they don't know their own rules and you know how you just said how you think that they should suspend Bubba I immediately thought back to the Matt Kenseth Logano situation a couple years ago you know Matt mm -hmm. Kenseth did that at Martinsville it was a suspension and you know that was pretty controversial because everybody picked a side but I think the overall consensus was that that was the right thing to do because he did something that he shouldn't have done he walled him and even though it was at Martinsville a small track um this was a different generation car you know, right. you shouldn't just do that just for the sake of doing it. Um, but like I said, you know, people overall agreed with that decision. But if NASCAR does decide to do that to him, it, it's, it's going to be an awful day on Twitter. Oh, it's going to be awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like all the major news organizations are going to say Bubba Wallace suspended. Right. But then right. if they don't do anything now, just like last week, we're going to talk about it in the T. They're going to set another bad precedent. Like, I, they need to get this right. They missed William yeah. Byron spinning Denny Hamlin under yellow. Mm. And then they screwed up that. And then the appeal went through and they got rid of the penalty. And I will say this about just overall in the situations. I don't think this is necessarily the same as like the Kenseth Logano 
and Martinsville or right, Gordon yeah. Boyer because those were payback for something that happened all season long. Yeah, this the, both of those situations. This was an it was an ongoing beef. Yeah, um, people said people said after Kansas was suspended, you know, oh if that he did that for rightful payback, then why didn't Logano get it when he started the whole situation? That's fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you could apply that logic to this situation, but NASCAR is really just in a spot right now. But at the same time, they also kind of put themselves in that spot. Right. And and I will say, I think this is more comparable to Kyle Busch wrecking Ron Hornaday in the trucks. Oh yes. I think it really goes back. Yeah. I think it's more comparable to that because that was deliberate as day. And that was just very intentional and very wrong. And and you could also say it's just like Carl Edwards taking, you mentioned it earlier, Carl Edwards wrecking Keselowski at Atlanta. Right. And the only reason Keselowski's car flipped that day was because of the wing they had on the car. But they, you know, that was another safety issue with that car. Similar right. situation here. I think you'd really compare it to that. I don't remember what they did with Edwards. I think, I know they parked him rest of that race, but. Yeah, I, I don't really remember either. Um, maybe they suspended him for the next week. But, I don't I don't I'd have to look that up but yeah I don't know I hate to overshadow this great race of Las Vegas easily top five race of the year for me this just really irritated me <laughs> it's yeah. just frustrating all around like this could have been any other driver would have been annoyed but because it's Bubba and the national impact it has it's just not great it's unfortunate it's that way but it is you know um, do you have anything else to say about Las Vegas before we move um, on to our break? Overall, just regarding Vegas, I, I I think it was a good race. I think NASCAR needs like more races. They needed um, this, yeah. Aside from the the situation we just talked about, um, you know, we do need more interesting races. Less follow the leader, stay yeah. in line. Um, less wreck fests. Just good races. I think we could benefit more definitely from that. For sure. Well, all right. Uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back with the tea. We have a lot of tea to talk about with the uh, NASCAR news here. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Gay Racing Podcast. It's time for the tea. First up, we already touched on it a little bit. Uh, Kurt Bush is retiring from full time racing. And Tyler Reddick is going to go to the number 45 at 2311 a year early. Um, first things first, um, Kurt gave a really passionate, emotional speech about this. I highly recommend everyone go watch that. It was really touching. And I want to say that Kurt Busch's redemption arc is kind of insane. Mm. Because he went from like number one villain like 15 years ago to like being loved in the whole just community. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't, I was very young. I wasn't a fan of, I wasn't a fan yet when Kurt Busch was really at his villain era. Right. But I mean, all you have to do is look him up on YouTube and, you know, so many videos of his radio rants and how he would treat reporters and, like act during interviews and it's just like it was just like deplorable basically how he would act it was awful 
Um, and he would never be able to get away with acting like that today. It was just For awful sure. the way he used to act. Um, and then kind of just like at some point he started to change a little bit for the better. Um, and especially over the past couple of years, he's really mellowed out as a person. Really um, nice. And, and, and just become a more likable, respectful person overall, um, mm -hmm. which I think is definitely a testament to him and how he's worked on himself and turned his life around and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, he's definitely a respect, respectable figure in the sport overall. Um, and I, I do think now is a good time for him to step away. It's definitely unfortunate, like the circumstances of him miss, missing the rest of the season and, you know, all that behind it. But I do think he's at a point in his career where, you know, now is a good time. Right. Uh, he's the 2004 Cup Series champion, and he has 34 career wins in the Cup Series. And he raced a Indy 500 in 2014, I believe it was. He did the double. Um, and he said in his press conference that he wants to run Le Mans and he wants to run in Australia, which I assume means uh, supercars or just Probably. Bathurst. Um, yeah, I'm really going to miss him. And something that he's really done lately is every team he goes to, he makes them better. Because mm -hmm. he was at Ganassi and they were running awful outside of Kyle Larson. And now that team really came alive those last year or two of it was Ganassi. Now it's Trackhouse. And look at yesterday, Trackhouse has won two a lot of that race yesterday. And and now he's at 2311. 23-11, they are really fast mm -hmm. right now. And it sounds like Kurt Bush plans on staying there as some sort of like mentor. Maybe he'll make some part-time starts when he gets cleared. Um, I don't know. Toyota really lucked out here that, because it sounds like they have Kurt Bush for the long haul as like an advisor of some sort. Yeah, probably like a similar similar role to um, Jeff Gordon and Hendrick, like yeah, a, yeah, like an overall mentor type thing. Um, but, but yeah, you're right. Like Toyota really did benefit from this because they're losing Kyle Bush. Mm -hmm. um and the possibility of him retiring at, in toy gibbs yeah oh my gosh i almost just said toy gibbs <laughs> <laughs> joe gibbs in a toyota <laughs> is what i was going to say um but in them losing that from him they're ironically enough gaining his brother i guess you could say so right and then tyler reddick is going to go in the 45 a year early i'm very happy for this mm -hmm. i really like tyler reddick i'm Kind of glad he's getting away from Childress. Um, yeah. I think it's going to suit Kyle Busch more to be at Childress, and Reddick's going to be suited better at Toyota. Yeah. I just feel like the atmosphere at Toyota has changed in a lot where it just doesn't fit Kyle Busch anymore, and he's going to love that change of scenery, Kyle yeah. Busch is. And Reddick, I think they're actually going to like him. They're actually going to embrace him. And... I'll say it. I think Tyler Reddick is probably the favorite for the championship next year. I could see him winning 10 races next year. Tyler Reddick. Mm. Like mm. I, I really think he could just set the world on fire at Toyota. Yeah. I really like Tyler Reddick. Um, I do think this will be a better fit for him. Mm -hmm. I just think Richard Childress, he was maybe too confined in a box, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah. also his talent was being, uh, altered is that a word i don't know i can't think right now held but... back <laughs> held back <laughs> held back by the obvious austin dylan and 
Richard Childress's priorities for, for him always over any driver. Yeah. And I feel like that's going to be what any driver faces when, when being compared to your grandson. Um, will Kyle Busch face that? Maybe. We'll see. I think it's possible. That's why yeah. I, That's why when this is all rumored, I didn't think it was going to happen, but here we are. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a great move. Uh, next move, more silly season related things. This this dropped like they were doing pace laps around the track before the green flag. And uh, Jenna Fryer, Bob Pachris, they all tweeted this, that Gene Haas told reporters that he wants to give Cole Custer another year in the 41 car. But Tony Stewart prefers Ryan Priest for the 41 mm. um and if you remember last week we we're going to talk about that next uh cole custer was involved in some drama uh but ryan priest was signed by Stuart haas as like a fill-in driver if someone got covid or i guess mm-hmm. now if they get injured um yeah i thought this was interesting and there were rumors that if kyle bush were to go there that it would be in the 41 Mm-hmm. so it's i'm assuming this means that it was tony stewart who was trying to get kyle bush when this is all going on uh what do you think about that and then there's another part of this we'll talk about i think haas i think haas really missed the mark by not by not picking up kyle bush i mean totally there's probably, agree. There was probably <laughs> a lot more to that than we know and we'll probably ever know obviously with sponsorship stuff and negotiations all the politics but yeah, I think I think Haas is really on a decline. I mean, we're seeing Harvick kind of like in that um, he was just on a very long winless streak. Yeah. Um, Chase Briscoe is really hit or miss. You know, he, yeah. he, he, he he can win races, but when he's not winning races, he's not there like 20th um, yeah yeah and and uh, er, the whole era gamarola situation is like it's yeah it's, it's, it's very silly in my opinion and cole custer is just kind of embarrassing yeah, yeah. um I, I will totally agree with you about kyle bush because i was on this podcast preaching to the choir that kyle bush deserves to go to sword house racing that would be a slam dunk for ford Mm-hmm. they could have had a development team they don't have that really right now i guess they don't want it and then gene haas has endless money you can just print money yeah and they, he could have funded kyle bush all on his own like who cares yeah. but whatever i guess they can he can pay for yeah. cole custer's car if he wants that's his choice <laughs> <laughs> run 25th rather than up front that's up right. to you yeah um and then tony stewart just been mad as hell good for him um because i think i i think i saw tony said or he tweeted or something um that if he didn't have to he would not be involved with nascar ever again um i think he's kind of wishing probably he could take his name out of the Stuart haas but (laughs) um you know he probably signed like a lifetime contract or maybe the money is just talking too well to him maybe but yeah I, i i think he's very fed up and Haas overall, as an organization, Gene Haas has been on under a lot of fire over the past two years or so with his little F1 project mm-hmm. and everything going on over there. You know, anybody that knows the slightest about F1 and what Haas has been doing over there, um, he's been under a lot of fire for backing Nikita Mazepin as long as he did. Yeah. Um, 
and for like kind of the reluctancy to let that go with the drama with Russia and the sponsorship coming from the Russian government and stuff like that. Um, and also just, just in general, just the lack of results, despite the money, despite the development possibilities, the lack of results for an American team and kind of the disappointments for F1 fans in America, not seeing an American team, you know, even score points. Right, um, right. So like, yeah, overall, like I said, I think Gene Haas is under a lot of, under a lot of fire lately. Right. And I was going to say, Tony Stewart wanted Kyle Larson, Ford and Gene Haas said no. Mm -hmm. uh, my theory here, now that we know Haas wants to keep Custer, is that Tony Stewart is who wanted Kyle Busch. Haas mm -hmm. probably said no because it'd be coming from Haas's pocket. And now Stewart wants Ryan Priest and Haas wants Custer. So Tony Stewart just not having a good time. And then it's probably going to get worse next year as Gene Haas also told reporters that he does not expect Kevin Harvick or Eric Almarola to return in 2024. And that he yeah, is yeah. trying to convince Kevin Harvick to sign an extension. Oh, I, I think, like I said before, I think Harvick is really in the twilight of his career. And I don't think really anybody would be surprised if he said at some point next year that he was done. Or oh, yeah. honestly... Honestly, maybe he'll pull a Carl Edwards and announce it at the end of this year that he's not going to be coming back. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's I'm been not mad. going to hold my breath to see him racing in 2024, especially beyond that. I would yeah. not hold my breath. And like I said, the Eric Amarola situation is just very silly. He's going back and forth constantly on what he wants to do, but he's not putting up results either way. No. So, you know. Yeah, I will say randomly, Eric Almirola was second for quite a while he, in this race yesterday. It was really yeah, weird. Yes, <laughs> yesterday, yesterday he did prove me wrong in what I just said. I had it on at some point, and Blaney was in third, and Almirola was in front of him. And I'm thinking, why the hell are we behind Almirola right now? <laughs> like, what is going on right yeah. now? Yeah, but, and you know, Harvick said on the Dale Junior download, I think it was about sometime last year, is that he said he wanted to retire in 2021. Mm -hmm. he wanted to try out the gen seven and then go into the tv booth but because yeah. of the tv contract and the delay of the car he signed another extension so i think what he's yeah it makes sense he'd be done after next year and the tv contract starts in 2025 if he mm -hmm. still wants to do tv and then he's not happy at all with the safety he's been going on rants on twitter yeah. and to the media like i don't blame yeah. him he's he's definitely been one of the biggest uh adversaries regarding that he's definitely been super yeah. outspoken about it you know tweeting about it all the time um saying however he feels to reporters and stuff like that definitely one of the most outspoken people regarding what's been going on right and then as for eric almarola i think he wants to get out i really do yeah. but smithfield they're probably just saying <laughs> we won't. We, we're gonna leave if we don't have Eric Almarola, which I don't. Again, right. I don't get that either. But right. um, they they probably offered Eric a ton of money, being like, "Please, oh, we cannot yeah. lose Smithfield." I'm sure. So, yeah, I mean, I can see. I could see. You know, Eric has young kids. He has a family. I I could see why he would be willing to leave. But right. you know, like you just said, Smithfield is probably dangling millions and millions at him and he yeah. feels like he can't you know right so. 
Yeah, that'll be interesting. And I get, and Gene Haas said the reason he wants to keep Custer primarily, it sounded like, was because Harvick and Almirola aren't expected back. So then they'd be losing three drivers if they do take out Custer. So, I mean, right. I get it, but also Custer's running 25th. So, right. I don't know. Um, next thing, more Stuart Haas racing stuff. Uh, NASCAR penalized Cole Custer for braking, for brake checking at the end of the Roval to help Chase Briscoe. Uh, Zach and I did not talk about this like we did, but we didn't expect a penalty. Mm -hmm. So we didn't really talk like, oh my gosh, what if the ramifications, if they do a penalty here? Uh, and then we put our episode out and like the next day or two, they announced penalties. I was shocked. Uh, they gave a $200,000 fine and they suspended his crew chief indefinitely. And then, as you said, alluded to, uh, Tony Stewart said that he is, quote, so mad at NASCAR right now, end quote. And then he said that he wouldn't bother showing up if he didn't have to, which I believe meant his team, not just himself, because he hasn't really shown up to many races this year anyway. Uh, really quickly on this, this set up an awful precedent because mm -hmm. now NASCAR is in a situation where... They have to make judgment calls all the time. And like, you're not going to be able to stop teams from helping one another out. Like if, you, no. if you're going to do that, only let each team have one car then like I, yeah. or get rid of this format because this format yeah. rewards it. So I don't uh, know. Yeah. I've been kind of, I, yeah, kind of just what you said. I, uh, I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with like always bending over backwards for teammates, especially like, you know, like great checking and just like, kind of like putting other people in danger but you know a this format a theme rewards of the season, it right a theme in the season and a theme overall that a lot of tinfoil hat people are saying but if it's hendrick they never do it hendrick gets away with everything and unfortunately nascar is kind of proving themselves with that you know like re receiving yeah. the byron penalty and um when the technically that wasn't nascar just to clarify Ooh, was that the that's the oh never mind that was the national motorsports thing yeah the okay. appeals committee rescinded the byron right. penalty but i get what right. you're saying but because uh chase elliott did this yes. exact same thing at bristol last year which caused the yep. whole elliott versus harvick drama last year and that's another shr car which is probably why mm. harvick was so confused he put out i'm so confused on twitter <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> Harvick's so good at Twitter. He his, his little iPad with his it's glasses. It's always on. Twitter for iPad. <laughs> yeah, I just love visualizing that. His kids are probably running around screaming. He just on his iPad just the glasses. Scroll. He has those glasses. He's like, <laughs> then he's yeah. just typing away, angry. Uh -huh. Ugh. Um. Yeah, I don't. I just don't like it. It's bad. Um. We'll see. I, I'm just frustrated. Like, what are we doing, NASCAR? Like, the, yeah, this this was stupid. Flop of the week to this, by flop the way. Flop of the week, tomato, tomato. And by the way, flop of the week to Bubba Wallace too. Um, um unfortunately, yes. That yeah. that was a request from Zach. I forgot that was yeah. flop of the week from Zach for. I'm Bubba trying Wallace. to think of a I'm trying <laughs> to think of a Wendy Williams quote that would be good for that. Um, <laughs> Mr. Wallace, you sure fooled me. You fooled all of us. <laughs> something like that <laughs> oh man suspension for all of them you too mr <laughs> yes, wallace uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so anyway that was bad let's talk about uh more nascar news 
Uh, Dale Jr. said on his podcast last week that Junior Motorsports is no longer considering a move to the Cup Series as charters are now around 28 to $30 million. Jesus Christ. And he said, <laughs> quote, it made me go, I need to wait and pause. I don't want to buy this charter now because it's not a successful business venture. Mm. These charters started the year at $10 million. Yeah. They are now 28 to 30 million. Again, what are we doing, NASCAR? <laughs> I don't know. And now that you've actually like listed that price tag, it just makes me think about um, Brad and RFK. Like, wow, <laughs> he has a he has a lot of money in the game while he is still in the game. Yeah. So, wow, that really. Yeah. And I think that's a big reason why Brad was trying to become an owner from inside yeah. of an already existing team because he couldn't yeah. just start his own. Yeah. So makes sense but and nascar would be better if dale jr dale earnhardt jr could be a team owner in the cup series yeah and the fact that he wants to but just can't because it just wouldn't be a smart business move is very sad yeah while we have two rick ware cars with charters mm. the, there's two spire cars with charters the 78 has a charter yeah even know the 78 cars out there because I forget all the time. I'm um, not going to lie to you. I don't even know who drives for those teams. <laughs> <laughs> like, like all respect to them. If they want to be out there, all power to them. They're probably making a bunch of money off of doing it. But I don't know. Frustrating. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, NASCAR said last week in response to the whole the teams are trying to negotiate more money to go toward them so they don't have to rely on sponsorship more. Um, NASCAR said something like, well, the teams aren't really being factual or they're being disingenuous is the word NASCAR used. And I don't know, like 28 to $30 million yeah. is insane. Yeah. Just for, that's for one car, by the way. So like, <laughs> if you wanted to start a two-car organization that'd be 60 million dollars yeah like if you wanted to buy out spire their charters like okay 60 million like, yeah. no one's got that kind of money no and that and that 60 million is just to prove that you exist like that's not yeah. even you know expanding a shop or like hiring more employees something like that you know i think that dale jr probably just doesn't see the value in it like the benefit yeah. like if he is successful in xfinity which he is if he has you know winning drivers good cars in xfinity he probably sees you know like what's the point of just moving up a level just to have the name um the name behind it oh i right. have a cup team an xfinity team i feel like true nascar fans are going to be dedicated to him no matter what he does for sure so you know if you're diehard earnhardt supporter you know you're going to wear the junior motorsports stuff if he has a team anywhere in the world so i right, think that's right. probably also what he thinks too right and then last thing of the tea here, just some like little personal story really quick i went to the world of outlaws for the very first time uh, Lakeside Speedway in Kansas City, Kansas. I had a lot of fun. Uh, saw Casey Kane, mm. who was my childhood favorite. Big reason why I decided to go. Um, seeing him again was really special, honestly, yeah. because I was kind of like, "Oh man, that's Casey Kane right there!" Like he was my favorite <laughs> as a kid, right. and it's like 
he was my fave from like 2004 all the way to when he retired from cup yeah yeah um, like he was like my man before blaney was you know right um yeah a lot of fun at that i haven't been at a dirt track since before the pandemic so a lot of fun um australia and james mcfadden won and he did a shoey and i guess mm. a lot of people there didn't know what that was and were grossed out oh. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. i thought that was very funny yeah um yeah that was a lot of fun i would recommend it. if you have a dirt track near you go check it out but just mm. dirt racing in general because that was a lot of fun and that track they were going all kinds of different they were side by side they were passing and sprint cars to me are usually just like single file they go really fast yeah but these guys are the best of the best they were actually doing a bunch of crazy stuff it was really cool to see um we'll see how it goes i might go again next year see what the schedule is it's normally on the same weekend as the kansas speedway nascar weekend which yeah. is why i've never been able to go but uh since they moved kansas up a whole month i got to this year which was pretty cool um that was a lot of fun and uh brad sweet who drives for casey kane and david gravel are in the championship battle there it was a lot of fun those two were side by side at a point i got excited um anyway that is all we have for tea. We're going to take another ad break and then we'll come back and make some fantasy picks. All right. We're back to the Gay Racing Podcast. It's time to make our fantasy picks. As you all know, Zach isn't here, but Zach and I still made race picks. Um, we made them over iMessage earlier today. Uh, NASCAR is going to Homestead. Zach has 22 points. I have 21 points. If you want long season points battles, welcome to the Gay Racing Podcast Fantasy. Because <laughs> <laughs> this thing is coming down to the wire. It is one point with just three races to go. Brooke, since you are here, uh, <laughs> give, give us your fantasy pick. You're not going to like override ours or anything, but who you got winning this weekend? I'm just going to have to go with Larson. I mean, mm. I feel like he's probably a common a common choice for this track you know he's not afraid to get up near the wall and ride that line and you know the dirt racer in him obviously obviously everyone right, right. knows who he is um so i think that that's kind of what really makes him stand out so much at a track like homestead right that's a good pick yeah. so for fantasy um as i said zach and i already made our picks uh we made sure we didn't pick the same guy we like made three picks on through texting and then if we made the same pick we would just go to our second pick etc so we both got our very first pick uh there were no copies or anything which i know one time at indycar race earlier this year there were like five times we picked the same <laughs> driver <laughs> which was fun um so for our picks this week and this is gonna be again close points battle here i have tyler reddick and mm. zach has denny hamlin so i i think we have really good picks here denny hamlin even if he starts 30th, he'll be finishing top 10 probably. And Tyler Reddick, yeah. I've been saying all year, Tyler Reddick's probably going to win Homestead. He, mm -hmm. This was my reasoning for having him in my championship four. Didn't work out in the first round, but man, what could have been if he could have yeah. won that round? So yeah, our picks are Reddick, Hamlin, and Brooke has Kyle Larson. Uh, this weekend, uh, Formula One is at Circuit of the Americas for the United States Grand Prix. Uh, rooting on Valtteri. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and just just want to plug my favorite race ever in 2019 when he won at Coda. It was just super emotional for me as a fan, having him win on my home soil as a fan. 
because at that time that was the only race in America, you know, there was no, um, was no Miami or no Las Vegas, you know, it was just that just Texas. It was a big thing for F1 to come to Texas for the year. So that was like super, super big thing for me to have him win there. Um, also 2019 was also a really stand, stand out, stand out. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Year for him. Oh, that was really the cap on like a great year for him. And yeah, super great race for me. Right. I, I will actually be trying to dual screen this because these races are on at the same time. Homestead yeah. and uh, Coda going to try having F1 on my laptop and NASCAR on my TV. Wish they weren't on at the same time, but that's how it is, I guess. I don't get why Homestead's not a night race, but yeah, whatever. Um, uh, Homestead's on NBC and I believe Coda's on ABC because it's mm. a, the U.S. Grand Prix. Um, anyway, thank you, Brooke, for filling in for Zach. Yeah. Really appreciate that. Um, where can everyone follow you at on social media? Uh, yeah. So my main, main source of social media is Twitter. It's at I am Brooke Curran. And my last name is C-U-R-R-A-N. I've gotten super used to spelling that for everyone I ever meet (laughs) because (laughs) it's somehow very hard for people to pronounce and spell, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, usually like to tweet a little bit during races but i don't always you know keep a super close eye on all of them but you know if blaney's doing good there's a chance i'm gonna be pretty engaged so right right (laughs) (laughs) yep feel free to follow me i might follow you back if i recognize you that's kind of like my thing with following back i don't usually like follow people back right away if i don't recognize their account but right you know brooke is one of the funniest people on twitter you would not regret (laughs) following if you like good Blaney jokes, I, I'm telling you. If you're if you want to join the comedy club, follow Brooke on Twitter. <laughs> we are co-chairs of Comedy Club. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so you can follow the podcast account at Gate Racing Pod. You can follow myself at New Gaiden, and you can follow Zach. Even if he's not here, I'll plug his Twitter. You're welcome, Bestie. Uh, Dreamy yep. Zach GP. Again, tweet him. Good wishes. Hope he feels better soon. Hopefully, he'll be back next week for Homestead and Coda. And with that. We'll see you all next week. Stay safe and see you next week. Bye.